Welcome to the Art of Presence podcast. I'm your host, Christine Pollard. I'm so glad you're here. On today's episode, I am talking with Lauren, and she is sharing about an exciting event that she has coming up. And we touch on topics of community building, relationships, and forming safe spaces. I invite you to notice what comes up for you during this episode. Please feel welcome to share and enjoy. So now I ask you, um, what's present for you right now? <laughs> um, excitement. Yeah. I think it's the kind of excitement that's, you know, a little bit celebratory and a little bit of overwhelm at the same time. But uh, I just opened registration for a an ecstatic dance event. It'll be the fifth one that I'm producing. And it feels like a bit of an arrival um, because we have a good team now and we're kind of getting comfortable with what we're doing and the roles, but it's also we set intentions to grow it, which feels a little bit like stepping beyond the comfort zone again and makes me feel like I, uh, I kind of have to reassess how we're doing everything. And yeah, so there's a little bit of like pressure that I feel there, but mostly excitement, mostly celebratory kind of excitement. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's all towards that ecstatic dance coming up. Yeah. And so I heard you say is the fifth one. So I, I hear you like this kind of evolving thing. And you said you have this team now. So is that, is that like Mm -hmm. new development or newer? Really new. Yes. So we had the first event a year and a half ago and we um, had a DJ from out of town. So it was myself and a yoga studio owner locally here in Mississippi. And we teamed up with a New Orleans based DJ and we ended up having three events over a year because that was just logistically kind of complicated And then just through pure happenstance, serendipity, I met someone new three days after she had gotten her DJ certification in Bali. She wasn't even home from it yet. And so now we have a local DJ. So we did the first event with her uh, six weeks ago and we're setting the intention of a more regular frequency and to make it more of a co-ed group because the previous events have been women and the men that they drag along with them, maybe. (laughs) And so we've asked ourselves, how do we convey and communicate about what we're doing so that it appeals to men? Uh, We also asked ourselves, should this be only for women or do we want men to be included and to be encouraged to show up? And we concluded that we did want men to participate. And so now we're experimenting with how we describe the event. So we changed it from ecstatic dance as the event title to 
music, movement, and meditation to try to like, because it's new to the region. So maybe if we're a little bit more specific about what we're talking about, that um, it might appeal to folks that aren't familiar with the concept and men who might be interested in music and might be interested in meditation, but might be a little uh, apprehensive about, you know, a uh, something that's ecstatic. So we figure once they show up, well, <laughs> we, can, <laughs> we can use the, the word ecstatic, but that maybe it'll be more accessible to a broader group if we rebrand a little bit. Yeah. I hear how much intention you've put into this event and working with your team to gain clarity on what is it that you want? What are you actually wanting to achieve with this? Who, yeah, who do you want to be here? Who is this for? You know, how can it maybe feel a little more, yeah, accessible or comfortable or actually reach somebody that might be interested with the language that that they might understand that they previously might not have uh, connected with. So, yeah, that sounds really cool. I wish Thank I could you. come. That <laughs> <laughs> sounds fun. Yeah. yeah. And so what's it like having this team? Does it, does it feel more supported? Yeah. I'm, I'm actually kind of in awe at, how aligned and easy it's been. I'm so grateful that uh, the three of us now just are, are totally on the same page about why we're doing this and, and also very unattached to the how. So we all share a motivation around community building because we live in Southern Mississippi and it, we've all experienced how lonely it can feel as someone who is on a personal healing journey and who is inspired to help others with their healing journeys. And so the, the primary motivation for all of us is just to bring people together and create a safe space for their healing and then to create community that can, you know, support people's journeys in a sustainable way. And so, you know, we do charge a registration, but that was one of the things we were rethinking in this you know, grow, growth phase is, you know, how can we, uh, create a sliding scale so that people who can afford to pay full price are encouraged to do so, but that people who can't afford it can, you know, still come. And, you know, we want to be able to feel good about the energy exchange because it does take a lot of work to put these on. But at the same time, we're not, not doing it to profit, but we have to feel good about the money coming in. And like, it's a, worthwhile expenditure of our, you know, limited bandwidth. And, and at, at each point where we've had a decision to make like that, you know, every person has shared their perspective and then been open to hearing everyone else's. And we've kind of like arrived at 
something we've all felt good about. And honestly, I haven't really experienced that often before. I think that in, in a, in a lot of cases, especially in professional settings, there's hierarchies and someone's in charge and like their opinion matters and other people's don'ts as much, at least. Um, like you might have a, a say, but you don't get to decide. And so it feels really good to be part of a team that is collaborative and really heart centered and focused on a, um, you know, positive outcomes above all else. So it's been a really great experience from that perspective. Yeah. Sounds like it. Mm-hmm. Like you mm-hmm. said, that's not really how things are done in a, in a business world. And so mm-hmm. to be able to find people where you have a shared vision and shared values and where you can bring yourselves and work together so that, like you said, it's not like one person gets to say, like, you can, you can say what you want, but, you know, to actually work together completely. When I sit with that image, I just feel like this connectedness and this like really powerful force. (laughs) Mm. Yes. Yes. It does feel powerful. And I think that participants in the events can sense that too, Um, that they show up and they feel like they're, in an, they're, they're in an environment or they're, they're being invited to this dynamic that feels nurturing and, and respectful and not, um, there's no, there's no, you know, little hint of power plays (laughs) anywhere. Um, and I think that's really key to having a safe space. At least it is one of the things that I'm starting to insights I'm starting to glean through this experience. You know, as I think about how we create a safe space, I think at first when we were envisioning this event series, we were thinking more tangibly like, okay, we're going to set clear expectations and we're going to, you know, decorate, (laughs) like make it feel nice. But as we've got into it, I, I think there's so, so much subtlety about creating places that feel safe because that sense of safety isn't something that you can't just tell people they're in a safe space and they're like, okay, great. Like they have to feel it. <laughs> right. And I think the, the, the leaders dynamic really uh, like imbues that. So yeah. Right. And cool to see that and feel it. Yeah. Well, it, it- sounds like your team has a safe space together mm-hmm. and that through that yeah. you can make safe space for others. Cause if that team right. isn't safe, how are you supposed to expand that container to allow others in to feel safe? And, and like you said, it was more tangible things in the beginning, but now it sounds like energetically, how does it, how do you provide that safe container so that, cause you can't, like you said, you can't just tell people they're safe. <laughs> it's a felt sense that is entirely mm-hmm. their own. So how can you set this up to where they feel safe that they know it in their body? Yeah. Right. Cool. 
Yeah. Yeah. Completely different way of like setting up uh, an event, right? Like beyond just yeah. the physical aspects that you need. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And like you had said before, you know, not having any like manipulation. There isn't a like a gotcha or anything. Mm -hmm. Like this is what it mm -hmm. is. And we want you to feel safe to explore. Right. Yes. And I've been part of teams like that too, where it was more the the events being produced were more profit motivated and there was more of a hierarchy and the you know the communication with participants was more hypey like come to this event because you know it's going to be super awesome and <laughs> you're going to miss out and you're going to feel so like awful if you don't come here and you know and then like yeah we try to deliver on a super awesome event but it felt kind of strange to be like making guarantees like that when when we didn't really know what it would be like and so you know in those cases it was more about like people come and they like buy stuff and they like eat food like they buy food and they buy you know goods for vendors and so it's just different. But when it comes to healing spaces and uh, that community building that supports people in their healing, you know, it's, it's almost like a totally different playbook. And at least that's, that's what I'm starting to like garner from my experience um, doing different kinds of events that, you know, uh, the level of intention and the approach altogether is 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 just more nuanced because healing is it is nuanced and it's, it also feels I mean as you're you're inviting people to become vulnerable and so there's so much more trust that that you have to establish with them and to me that means you have to hold yourself at such a higher standard to to really be trustworthy and it's it's a it's a great challenge and i think a great honor to be given that trust and uh, i feel like it's helped me to advance in my own path too and you know deepen in my understanding of my integrity and authenticity and what it means to 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 be trustworthy right yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you've learned a lot from past events and, and other teams and what it has felt like. And this new venture feels very different, but you also have a lot of intention around how you want to deliver what it is that, that you want people to experience and that mm -hmm. it's not about convincing people why they should be there, but mm -hmm. connecting with people so that they know it's, it's right for them. Mm -hmm. 
because you can't convince people to be vulnerable. <laughs> like if you connect with them, it naturally opens to that. But trying to convince people to be vulnerable, that's, yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Whole different energy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, it occurs to me that, like, people have to, like, have their own personal interest in healing that I guess, I, I guess as an event curator, um, it's not my job to, to invite people to their healing. It's, it's my job to give people spaces for their healing once they've already <laughs> decided that that's what they've wanted. And, and I've actually like had the experience of people, you know, like maybe, maybe they kind of got dragged along and they're not, they don't really want to be there and they feel uncomfortable and it's awkward for everyone. Like on one hand, I'm glad they came to, have an exposure to like, this is a world <laughs> of, uh, you know, people that have fun without drinking <laughs> or, you know, a world of people who, uh, think it's fun to like do their inner work. <laughs> and that exposure seems like there's potential value there. But at the same time, the people who are like really feeling it and like really like, excited to be there aren't really supported by having like being watched by someone who's like not really about it <laughs> um right so so and uh i mean on one hand i'm kind of glad they're there and maybe it'll like encourage them to make the decision that they want to heal but on the other hand i'm like eh, it's kind of a buzzkill and if you don't want to <laughs> be here you shouldn't be here you know, the, the people who are, are in alignment are going to be getting a lot from it. And they're the ones that we're showing up for. And, right. um, and they're the ones that are really grateful that, that we're doing this. And that's been so cool to experience. Like the thank yous we get afterwards, um, from the people who had felt lonely and who had felt like they, you know, didn't have companionship on their healing journeys and, now they feel seen and they feel understood. And there's something that I think is kind of primal as our, our, um, our need to feel seen for who we are in a full way. And especially in places where there's not a like rich culture of healing and wellness, I think a lot of people end up kind of like keeping that side of them in the closet and not being able to share it with their friends or family because those people wouldn't understand. And so that means that they don't get to show up in their whole expression for the people they spend time with the most. And so it's such a relief for those people to be seen and understood in their wholeness. Um, right. Yeah. Right. I, from my own experience and, and from what I've heard from many others that I've spent time with, is the healing journey can be pretty lonely because it's really shedding a lot of, you know, conditioned thinking and behaviors and, you know, things that 
you know, masks that you've put on out of self-protection. And it can be really scary to then go be yourself. <laughs> and, and I get, you know, like, yeah, do we want people here that aren't into it and maybe you're going to be judgy where this is a place where you're supposed to be no judgment. So you can just be yourself and be free, you know, and, and some people, you know, can do that. Like, you know, let other people's judgments bounce off, you know, but some people who are just kind of starting out can still be pretty vulnerable to that. So yeah, there's like this line of, you know, what, what are you trying to, what are you wanting, you know, people to experience, but then also, you know, providing these opportunities to, to see what's possible or being around people that feel okay being themselves, no matter what they look like, like that can be really powerful and it can be really vulnerable as someone that maybe doesn't feel that way to, you know, experience that. It's like eye opening and like they might need some support. <laughs> like there might be a lot coming up yeah. from that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good point. That kind of gets my, <laughs> my, my will spinning actually about, you know, how we could offer support to those people if, and when they do show up and, you know, maybe do it in a way that maintains the, the integrity of the cre- container that we've created for everyone else. It also gets me thinking about kind of like a funnel where like I could envision, like I'm a musician too and a like a performer and I could envision doing like a concert series where like people just come because it's a concert and it's for everyone. Like maybe there's weirdos there, of course, but like there's normal <laughs> people like, that, like, you know, are like inhibited in like ways that mainstream people often are. And like one of the things I do in my performances is kind of like adult version of hokey pokey, like, like let's do a silly dance together, which is like a very like low key way of inviting people to like, you know, dance like no one's watching. And so, you know, I could just like give little bite size impressions of (laughs) what it is to be at an ecstatic dance, letting it all loose. And then like invite the whole audience to come to an ecstatic dance event and then like expect the people that would show up actually enjoyed their hokey pokey during the concert, you know, (laughs) and then (laughs) that way you still like you're putting it out there for the broader like audience. And, you know, if someone's like if their interest is peaked, then they could like commit in a more, you know, um, like full way. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think when people have permission to be right Mm -hmm. as they are, whether they're uncomfortable, whether they're vulnerable, whether they're fully in their selves, that knowing any of those and in between is okay to be, Mm -hmm. you know, that it, you don't have to look like this person, you don't have to have this experience that you were welcome here as you are mm-hmm. to relieve mm-hmm. the pressure of needing to be a certain way or 
wondering, like, is it really okay for me to be here? <laughs> yeah. 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 So like at the dances, while we're like setting those expectations, you know, we could do something like, like we have a meditation corner that we create every time. Um, so we could like invite people that didn't want to be on the dance floor to like sit in meditation or, you know, be, do whatever they wanted in the meditation corner. That way they had a place they could go and like a thing that they like felt was okay to do if they didn't want to move. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like a, mm -hmm. an extra safe space <laughs> right. for those that want, those that are curious and willing to maybe explore, but aren't quite ready or comfortable enough to participate in the movement aspect mm -hmm. of it. Right. Because there's, mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know about you, but I feel like movement can be one of the most vulnerable things. Like, yeah. I spend so much time in, in sharing circles and people will share, like, that's one layer, sharing vulnerable mm -hmm. things with other people and being seen and heard in that way. But anytime I've done movement-based ones, being seen, that is way more vulnerable and intimate than mm -hmm. anything I could ever say. Mm -hmm. Right? So it's like yes. all these layers open up mm -hmm. um, for healing, but also just like it can touch on so many different things. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Which I think is why it's so powerful and why I'm like motivated to do these types of events. But it's a great point. Like for, for people who aren't used to it, it can be, it could be overwhelming. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, you know, music helps, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's yeah. part of, part of it. But also, you know, bringing it back to the, the container, the energy, the, you know, purpose, mm -hmm. like just again, knowing, um, why you're here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm so, I'm excited for you. Like, I can't <laughs> wait for this event. <laughs> I want to hear about it when it's done. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And how wonderful that you have now this local DJ and being able to create events a little more easily. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very mm. grateful. Yeah. I just think it's such a neat concept and container. I don't, I don't know that everyone would think of dance or ecstatic dance as like a healing space, like if you were just to hear about it and not know anything about it. I mean, it makes sense. Absolutely. But it's, it's really cool. I, I wish there were more community based, like healing events. Like sure. There's, I know of lots of different sharing circles and I love those. It's nice to have other things too. 
Mm -hmm. and like a whole body experience. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, it's really interesting how different areas, uh, you know, the communities develop and like create offerings for the people in their regions. And I've seen um, the community in Washington, D.C. has a really, I would call it mature ecstatic dance group, like to the extent that there's very frequent ecstatic dances, but also contact improv, which is like a even deeper like um, level of vulnerability. And, and then there's uh, there's like acro yoga and there's like a whole there's like a whole selection of like, um, you know, movement based healing offerings. And then in New Orleans, there's really one hub, but they have a a group that does uh, weekly events and they call it conscious movement. Um, and sometimes it'll be yoga. Sometimes it'll be dance or other, other modalities. Um, and, and actually the woman who runs that group is a, I want to say psychologist, but I'm not exactly sure what her area of specialty is, but she's done research on the power of conscious movement and especially in groups and how effective it can be for mental health. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's one of those things that it exists in different areas. Like I know the DJ, uh, where I live learned about exact dance in Costa Rica, where there's like a very mature community. And then like in, in the Bay area of California is where like ecstatic dance, the organization was birthed. So I think some locations have a very like robust community and lots of offerings. And then for those of us who don't live in those places, like it's on us to, to create it. And that's why I started doing the events here in Mississippi um, because I moved here from DC and I missed those opportunities and I could only drive to new Orleans so often like an hour and a half away. Um, so that's where I land is like, I guess if I want this to exist, then I have to just make it happen. And then it's like, as soon as I made that decision in my mind, like it just started unfolding. And I think that's like, I don't know, maybe it gets a little woo woo, but like, there's something about just deciding that you care enough to do something that like helps the path unfold before you. And like, it was a couple weeks after I made that decision that that DJ in New Orleans reached out and said, Hey, does anyone in the surrounding areas want me to come to you? I was like, actually, yes. (laughs) And so, so then I go online to ecstaticdance.org and they have all these resources. Like, you know, um, they have ecstatic dance manifesto, like this description of like why we dance and like, you know, the purpose like you're talking about. They have like flyers already designed that you can just print out. So there's resources that like make it, I, that was my experience at least is that like the hardest part was making the decision to do it. And then everything else kind of came together, even to the extent of like seeing, finding this DJ randomly, like, meeting her right as soon after she like got her DJ certification. So I don't know, maybe the universe is like, 
on our side when we um, decide that we're going to like put something positive into our communities um, and do it for the right reasons. Yeah, I guess that's my little, (laughs) my little pitch that like people should not be afraid to embark on these kind of ventures because it's, it's very rewarding. And I think like, I think it's, it's appreciated and it's needed. My personal opinion. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What's coming up for me when I hear you talk of all of this is in the dance itself, like the freedom to move as your body wants is so countercultural because there's so much in our lives where we have to restrict ourselves to be a certain way. Mm-hmm. And just like thinking about the freedom that the body can have to just move freely the way it wants. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that choice. But then I'm also kind of seeing that in like this choice that you've made to bring this forth. That like once you made the choice, like all these things started opening up and, and flowing and there's this freedom of movement now, right? Cause like before it's kind of contained and mm-hmm. either stuck or, you know, but then you made this choice and you opened it up and now there's all this movement and this energy and it's like attracting all the, all the things mm-hmm. because it's, it's, it's out there. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. but i i feel that excitement like it's palpable even just through the screen like yeah it's really cool yeah Yeah, thanks (laughs) yeah well like i said i'm really excited for you i i hope uh when when is the next event is october 1st okay we're loosely scheduling them around the full moon, mostly because that tends to be a time where people are feeling energetic and, um, yeah, open to connecting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds so fun. I think it's just beautiful, a beautiful way to, to form community under this container of being yourself. And how many spaces there aren't available right. for that. Right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, what that brings up for me is like the comparison to yoga, which similarly to dance, yoga is like something like an embodiment practice where like people are invited to connect with their breath and like pay attention to their bodies and, you know, center themselves. And yet, my experience at least personally around like the yoga culture in the United States is that like people show up to studios, they take their class and they go home, you know, and also they're looking forward at the teacher and they're like following the teacher. And so it has that structure that we're used to. It has the, you know, follow the rules kind of mentality that we're used to. And that's actually so different than ecstatic dance, which says there is no teacher. You know, you're invited to look at each other. 
you're invited to like dance with each other, engage or say no if you don't feel like it. And there's no talking. And yet somehow like, you're able to like really feel connection with people because, you know, five seconds of eye contact while two people are just like dancing you know, free form, like it feels so you feel you end up feeling really connected to that person far more than if like you were next to them in yoga class for five months and, you know, barely exchanged a, you know, hi, how are you? I'm fine. Thank you. You know? Yeah. I think it's a really great way to form community. And one of the ways that we're going above and beyond to encourage that is, Afterwards, we offer snacks and we offer tea and we invite people to get to know each other so that it's, it's a time for processing and integration because a lot of times the conversations that we have over snacks are like, Oh my gosh, I was, I was just overcome with grief thinking about like my dog that passed away last year. And I realized that I never processed those emotions at all. And then we're like, Oh, what was your dog's name? Like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like, let's, let's like, you know, create space for you to like talk about that now. Whereas like, if you thought of your dog and your unresolved morning during yoga class, like you would just go home and like continue not thinking about it. So it's something that we think is really important having that time afterwards to just like chit chat and connect and have a more open space for building relationships with each other. Right. Because you don't, you don't get that in the yoga class. <laughs> and to, it's just like different layers of mm -hmm. connecting because first you're dancing and there's the no talking and, you know, there's like these different boundaries. Like I feel like it's a great boundary practice too. Cause it's like, mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Do you want to dance this one? No. Like, but then to be able to connect in a different way later, like, yeah, just it, it, it sounds like it meets a variety of needs mm -hmm. um, for relationship. Right. Right. Yeah. Yep. Really cool. I love how much just, yeah, intention and thought and heart has gone in to uh, creating this event. Yeah. Feels really good. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I would just like to maybe end by just naming maybe what, what you're taking with you from this conversation or what, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Sure. Yeah. I, I really like what you said about offering permission to be as like a way to create comfort and safety. And so I think that will show up at future ecstatic dance events. And I'm, I'm also, I guess, starting to do some visioning about um, how uh, we can have events for the broader community that doesn't necessarily like identify so much as someone on our healing journey 
but I think, um, and actually the, the permission to be is especially re- resonant for me because the name of my band's album that came out this year is just be. And we, we called her like our description of that album was, um, an innov- invitation to a journey of arrival. And I think that that's a, like, I do consider my music to be like medicine music or like healing music, but it's also like, it's music. So it's a little bit more accessible to broader audience. So I'm envisioning, you know, offering performances that extend that invitation to just be, um, to a broader audience of people that just identify as music fans. So I guess I'm taking that with me, like some fresh inspiration to do performances more often here in Mississippi. Awesome. I love that for you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think I'm taking with me just, just this community building, like what, what really goes into it, (laughs) what it's really like to build relationships and how to cultivate not only just like healthy and, and safe relationships, but healing ones, right? Like we heal in relationship and it doesn't have to be a intention of like, we're going to heal, but like, it's a, just what happens when we get together in, in certain ways or maybe with intention or with, you know, permission to, to be, that is just really exciting to me. I, I want more of that <laughs> in my yes. life. So now it has me thinking like, how, how do I um, either create or become a part of more spaces like that? So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Love to hear it. <laughs> yeah. I was joined today uh, by Lauren, Lauren Lee Illing is a visionary entrepreneur who finds her flow through curating community gatherings and creating strategies that inspire healing, prosperity, and innovation. As a lifelong poet, songwriter, and musician, she finds creative expression through her band, La Raleigh. Through her independent consulting, she co-creates ventures and events. Lauren Lee is a philosopher's wife and mother to a spirited four-year-old son. And I really enjoyed this conversation with you, Lauren. I hope whoever is listening also enjoys it. And um, if it's okay, I'd like to link um, to your band and uh, your professional work, if that's okay. Awesome. Yes, Um, please. Yeah, so if you enjoyed this, uh, I will link to where you can find more of Lauren. So thank Thank you you for being here with me. Yeah, you're welcome. I loved it. Thank you. Thank you.